Hear now a scripture reading from the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 6, verses 30 through 44. Listen now for a word from our Lord. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now very late. Send them away so that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. They said to him, Are we to go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves have you? Go and see. When they had found out, they said, five and two fish. Then he ordered them to get all the people to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves. And he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all, and all ate and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. Those who had eaten the loaves numbered five thousand men. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you grew up in the church, odds are you first heard the story of the feeding of the five thousand in Sunday school. It is the only miracle story that appears in all four Gospels, so we know it was a very important story for the early church. But moreover, it's a story beautifully told, a miracle story that conjures up all kinds of images in our minds, right? I remember vividly uh, learning this story when I was in first grade Sunday school. Uh, My teacher taught our class Uh, using a felt board. Do y'all remember felt boards? I've talked to you about those before. Okay, a few of you. I grew up in the era of felt boards, so that's going to date me here. I'm not certain the teachers even use them anymore, but I loved them back in the day. So I remember my teacher telling this story by slowly pulling out felt cutouts of Jesus and the disciples and people and loaves and fishes and baskets and laying them up on this board, along with a long strip of green felt that was meant to be grass. And when she was done, I looked at the story that she had created on this board, and I thought that it was a picture of the world's greatest picnic. And what kid doesn't like a good picnic, right? So my takeaway was that Jesus loved people and picnics so much that he was willing to provide all the food for folks to enjoy a really big one. Now, that's not a bad thought, right? I mean, I am certain that Jesus loves people and that he loves picnics too, but we know there's something deeper here. This is more than a story about 5,000 people eating dinner on the lawn 
Friends, this story teaches us a powerful lesson about God's ability and willingness to match our gifts with his own, to multiply our loaves and fish, and to astonish us with 12 baskets of leftovers. Now, when we pick up the story, Jesus is traveling the countryside, preaching, teaching, healing, and the crowds are huge. People are just pressing in on him everywhere he goes. They're desperate to hear him, to get close to him, to touch him. So he is already very tired. He's exhausted when he receives terrible news. His cousin, John the Baptist, the one who had baptized him, has been killed, executed. And we can only imagine the grief that Jesus felt about that. And so his response is a natural one. He just needs a minute, you know? He needs a minute. He, he wants to withdraw to an isolated place where he can process what he's heard and get his arms around it and somehow deal with his own grief. So he says to the disciples, let's go away to a lonely place where we can rest there together. But the crowds follow him there. He cannot escape them. And the text tells us that he looks at them gathered there, these thousands of people, and despite his own exhaustion and his own personal grief about his cousin, he has compassion. I love the way Mark talks about this. He says, Jesus sees them as sheep without a shepherd. So he remains with them and he teaches for the rest of the afternoon. Well then, the day grows long. It's late. And the disciples look around, kind of assess the situation, and they see they've got a crisis brewing. 5,000 people in the middle of nowhere and no food. No food. Dinner time is about to arrive, and there's nothing to eat. So they say to Jesus, teacher, look around at the size of the crowd. Before we lose the light, send them out into the surrounding towns and, and tell them to get something to eat. And Jesus says, mm, you give them something to eat. Jesus, are you kidding, they say. Look at the number of people here. Even if we emptied our pockets, gave everything that we have, it wouldn't be a drop in the bucket. It wouldn't begin to meet the need. But Jesus says, how many loaves have you? Go and see. Now, friends, if you haven't yet stepped into this story, now's the time. Because... Who among us here hasn't been in this place? Looking out at some overwhelming need, holding five loaves and two fish, feeling like there's no way in the world that we can solve it, that we've got to send these people away. In essence, friends, that is where the church of Jesus Christ stands every single day. We stand together here with our five loaves and two fish and we look out at a hungry world, a starving crowd. Yes, people are hungry for 
for hope and for love and acceptance and belonging and community and healing. But they're also physically hungry. They're also longing for shelter, for medical care, for clothing. And sometimes we stand here with our five loaves and two fish and we think, what can we do? Unhomed people everywhere, everywhere in our city. I passed a man this morning near my home sitting on a corner in a wheelchair with a sign that said homeless and hungry. Did you see people like that this morning too? They're out early these days trying to beat the heat. They're all over our city and in fact they're all over our country. There are not enough beds. Lord, we don't have the resources. There's not enough to go around. People in countries around the world, in fact, whole nations starving for lack of food. Lord, if we gave everything that we had, if we emptied our pockets, it wouldn't begin to meet the need. A mental health crisis in our country, especially among young people, an uptick in the suicide rate, millions dealing with addictions of various kinds, Lord, we don't have the expertise. What are we supposed to do about that? We are too small. There's not enough of us. We don't have the resources. Please send them away. We don't know how to fix it. And Jesus says, how many loaves have you? Go and see. You know, over the next few weeks and months, I'm excited because we're going to be sharing stories with you about a partnership we have with a mission and ministry called Zoe Empowers. Zoe Empowers works with groups of young people, and when I say young people, I mean very young adults and even children in impoverished countries around the world to equip them to better their own lives and the lives of people in their communities. Yes, the financial assistance that we provide buys health and hygiene kits, offers educational opportunities, provides opportunities for spiritual strengthening, but most of all, those financial gifts go to help these groups of young people start businesses. And the income they earn from those businesses help them improve their lives. Recently, we sent a group of people from this church to Rwanda to visit the Zoe Empowers groups we are partnering with there. And the people from our church, your friends, who came back from that place were deeply impacted, deeply impacted by that visit. They were touched by the work of Zoe Empowers, but most of all, they were deeply impacted by these young people, by their faith and their strength and their hope and their courage. Well, we received a letter recently from a young woman named Priscilla who is leading one of the groups that we are sponsoring there. And I want to share this letter with you because after all, it is addressed to you. Dear Terrytown UMC, 
We greet you all in Jesus' name. You have been a blessing and a gift in our lives. Our lives before we joined Zoe and Powers were very difficult. When we think about it, we cry sometimes. We used to borrow clothes and beg for food from our neighbors. During rainy seasons, we would ask for shelter at nearby shops or abandoned houses. We used to admire other children when they were going to school. All that we knew was to work for others. Sometimes we were paid, and sometimes we were not paid. God is faithful. Zoe and Powers was an answer to our prayers. We received seed and fertilizer, health and hygiene kits, medical assistance. We did income-generating projects, which helped us to raise money to pay school fees, get birth certificates, buy clothes, blankets, goats, build houses, and eat good food. We now feel as part of the community. Our hearts are no longer troubled. The Gospel of John says, can anything good come from Nazareth? Our community thought nothing good would come from us. But through your support, we feel valuable. God bless you. Yours, thankful, Priscilla. Friends, need I say it more directly? Your partnership with Zoe and Powers is a way this church is offering up five loaves and two fish And we're ending up with 12 baskets of leftovers. Not because we have all the answers. Not because we do everything perfectly. Not because on our own we can solve global poverty, but because God is God and God is good and God always makes good on God's promise to match our gifts with his own. And this is good to remember all the time. But especially... Anytime the crowd seems too big and the problem seems impossible to solve and the resources seem too meager and the work seems too hard and our spirits seem too low. You see, God doesn't ask us to feed the whole crowd. It's not up to us to solve the whole problem, to fix everything. It's up to us to offer what we can, when we can, to whomever we can, and trust that God will provide the rest. Because God is God. There will be more than enough. Our loaves and fish will be magnified beyond our imagination. In fact, friends, I bet my life on it. If we are faithful, there will be leftovers. Will you pray with me? Lord, we give you thanks for you are so generous with us. Every good thing comes from your divine hand. Oh God, help us to have the courage to offer back just a portion of what you give us, trusting that you will multiply it so many times over that many, many will be blessed in your name. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.